0: From CPR News, this is Colorado Matters. Denver's Blair Caldwell African American Research Library is rethinking that old trope of librarians shushing you when you walk through the door.
1: Libraries have become spaces to gather. They've become spaces to commune. We are not just information centers. We are community connections.
0: Today, we'll take you on a personal tour of the newly renovated and newly reopened library, one that's uniquely Colorado. And you might be surprised by all of the thought put into its more than $2 million redesign.
1: It should mean the world to Colorado to be home to this kind of institution. A lot of times the achievements and accomplishments of black folks of the Rocky Mountain West have been overlooked. A lot of this history has been intentionally ignored.
0: You expect context from CPR News, but sometimes the news won't wait. Sign up for the Lookout daily email from CPR News, a rundown of important fact-based reporting in your inbox every day, and when major news breaks, you'll also get Lookout alerts. Sign up at CPR.org Lookout. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC. I'm Chandra Thomas-Woodfield. There's a saying that renovating not only restores the house, it also restores the story of the home and the neighborhood. And I suspect that philosophy was part of the motivation and inspiration behind a more than year-long renovation project recently completed at Colorado's only African-American research library. Located in the heart of Denver's historic Five Points community, the Blair Caldwell African-American Research Library has officially reopened following a $2.8 million refresh. It's the library's first major facelift since 2003 when it became the only research library of its kind west of the Mississippi. I recently visited the library with branch supervisor, Jamika Lewis, who took us on a private tour to see the many changes and upgrades that have been done. Jamika, thanks for having us.
1: Thank you so much for having us on the talk. I'm so excited. So here at the Blair Caldwell African American Research Library, we are a very unique institution in that we are only one of five African American research libraries that is a part of a public library system. Here in Denver, we're very unique as we are a part of the Denver Public Library System, but we are the only location outside of the central branch that has a regular branch library on the first floor. We have archives and special collections on the second floor. And then on the third floor, we have the Cousins Gallery and the Western Legacies Museum. And so we really encourage everyone to come in and whether you're coming to do your general library business or whether you're coming to do research in our research room or you want to tour the museum we definitely welcome you to come in and we look forward to meeting and reconnecting with you very soon
0: let's get started on this tour what
1: can you tell me about it so we were just so excited to be added to the 2017 elevate denver bond and with that we really wanted to do a refresh especially of our first floor and of our community rooms and that actually starts as soon as folks come straight into the building. So one of the first things that people will notice is that we have new doors. Oh wow. Yes, <laughs> yes. as we're, we're standing here at the entrance. Yes. So before we had the really big, heavy doors that you had to yes. pull open I and, and close. Yes. Yes, and a lot of our community and our customers were like, these doors are very heavy. <laughs> so so That was one of the first things that we put as one of the projects of the bond is to replace the doors. So now we have sliding glass, double doors. It definitely helps with accessibility. We were having Mm. some issues with
0: that. I mean, you can see Welton Street from the library entrance. And so it kind of has this welcoming, like, come on in vibe. And also as a person who used to be with a lot of strollers, I do appreciate the automated doors. <laughs> oh yes, we
1: we had so many different folks in mind when it came to getting rid of those, you know, really really heavy doors, folks who are differently able, folks who are using assistive devices. You know, now they don't have to worry about pulling on a handle or being able to grip a handle. Um, We're thinking about folks who are coming in with large parties and they don't have to, you know, stand in line just to get into the doors. So now that is definitely a much more welcoming
0: space. I am struck by the art here at the entrance. It's like this big kind of arched entryway. And then there's art flanked on each side. Can you tell us about the art? Sure. So once you enter, you'll be greeted by a
1: mural. And the mural actually has been here since we opened in 2003. And the mural reflects on one side, it has different black heroes and folks who were instrumental in the black community and really in the history and culture of the Rocky Mountain West. And then on the left side, you have some of those well-known black settlers of the Rocky Mountain West. And then at the top, you have some national heroes. And so in this mural, you will see faces like Frederick Douglass. You'll see Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you'll see Malcolm X. But you'll also see some of our local history makers like the Honorable Wellington Webb. Like first black first mayor, mayor of Denver. Of Denver absolutely. Yes. And you'll see the Honorable Wilma Webb, who was a state legislator. Mm. Um, and actually the Webb's were the ones who conceived the idea of Blair Caldwell. And so we continue to have their support. They are very
0: instrumental to what we do. Beautiful art. And of course, you see mountains, the mountainscape in these uh, beautiful murals that greet you at the entrance.
1: Oh, yes. We want to make sure that we're paying homage to the history of Black settlement of the West, which started way earlier than, you know, post-Civil War. And so we try to make sure, you know, with this piece, That we're introducing this history um, that you will get to learn about through the entirety of the space
0: tell us about this circular shaped seating area it's um, very colorful upholstery it's right across from the circulation desk what was the idea behind
1: that one of the pieces of community feedback we heard was that the old service desk was intimidating a lot of people said that when they came in It was kind of, you know, disconcerting or discombobulating for someone to be right there as soon as you step into the doors. And so we had the idea of moving the service desk off to the side. But what we wanted to do to replace it was to have seating for what is actually a new collection, which is over here on the left. And it is our African-American circulating collection. So Mm. that came about. Because when I first came to Blair Caldwell and I started, you know, working through the different spaces, I discovered that the books that were on the second floor in the research room were non-circulating. Meaning you can't check them out. Meaning you can't check them out. And a lot of those books, well, all those books reflect and represent Black history and culture of Five Points, of Denver, of Colorado, and of the West. And I said why do we have this kind of material behind lock and key? So I had the idea of creating a new collection that would mirror that collection, except that you would be able to check those kinds of items out. So what I did was while we were closed, I went through all of the thousands and thousands of titles in the research library. And I identified some that technically wouldn't be classified as reference, a lot of these are contemporary titles that you can find other places. And so I went through all that collection, pulled out around 600, 600, 700 titles to mm. start this new African-American collection. And not only did I want those books there, but I wanted folks to be able to come in and sit somewhere comfortably as they were digesting this history. And so that's how the idea for this seating area came about. I really like that you noticed that it's very colorful and the mm-hmm. patterns. And I have to include that all of the colors in this seating the red, the green, the gray mm-hmm. all of that it was inspired by the Five Points logo. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to make sure that we were continuing that tie in to the community to tell the Five Points community that we are here, we're still here. We are still a part of this community, and here is our nod to you. This very vibrant seating area, Mm -hmm. you are actually able to step into the space, and you can see all around. You can see all the way to the back. You can see where the public computers are. You can see where the new study rooms are. Mm. You can directly see where the teen space is. You can see where the children's area is. We really wanted to make sure that we were improving the sight lines so that as soon as folks crossed past the beautiful mural and they're standing by the seating area, that they're able to look around and see exactly which space that they would need to go to.
0: This library has special meaning to me as a relatively new Coloradan because it was one of the few places when I moved here that always seemed to have events And I mean, I would come to Kwanzaa events. I would come to receptions. I even had events with my own family here. And I will say I can see the difference. It's definitely more airy. You can see the sunshine kind of bouncing off the walls and Mm -hmm. it just kind of makes it feel like a little more open and inviting.
1: Oh, definitely. That was a big piece of community feedback that we got was, you know, before it was a bit kind of dim, it seemed super serious. (laughs) And of course you do want to give that vibe to a research library, but I think what we've done with the renovation is we've
0: brightened it. Before we move on to other parts of the tour, what do you envision in this circular seating area? Folks sitting and chatting and
1: gathering. We are a place for community. We are a place where we want folks to come and meet new people um, or to even connect with people they already know, but to also connect with resources that are around them. And so us, you know, putting it right here in the middle, putting it right near this African-American collection, putting it near the circulation desk, Mm. putting it near the new books stand, putting it near a new display case gives folks so many different options to connect. And that's what we wanted this center space to be is
0: to be a point of connection. Sounds like a lot of thoughts was put into this. And I find it interesting because of course, growing up, you think of the library, it was Mm -hmm. talk low (laughs) it's not interact it was actually the opposite like this Mm -hmm. is not the place to talk and chat and socialize so is that something you all trying to do
1: differently yes we are the library of the future libraries have become spaces to gather they've become spaces to commune they've become spaces to interact we are not just information centers or we are not just information storage we are connectors, we are community connections. And, you know, for a library of the future, we kind of have to move away from some of those older norms and values. Mm. A lot of people think um, librarians are just gonna shush you if you talk (laughs) too loud. And here, you know, we do want folks to talk, we do want folks to connect. Of course, we don't want you yelling or screaming, (laughs) but just as we're having a conversation, Mm -hmm. that is what we want to have in our spaces. Um, That's the kind of spirit and the kind of vibe that that we want. You know, even in in these different spaces that we've created with the renovation, for example, the children's area, we've expanded out the children's area. Why did we do that? Because we want to offer programming over there. And so starting in September, we'll be having weekly story times in our children's area. So it won't be possible (laughs) to have lively music and dancing and bubbles and toys and instruments in this kind of traditionally super quiet library. That's Mm -hmm. just not what we are anymore. We want folks to connect. We want folks to have fun. We want folks to interact with us as staff and with each other in ways that are positive and healthy. And if we are gonna be a center for community, We do have to move away from some of those older ways of
0: thinking. The circulation desk, as you mentioned, has been moved from dead center as you walk through the door
1: Yes, the desk that we had before, we completely demolished it. (laughs) Unfortunately, I didn't. Was it like on HGTV when they like literally like... uh, It really was kind of that dramatic. I still am kind of upset that I didn't get to sledgehammer it myself (laughs) because that would have been a great stress reliever. Not only did we just get rid of that desk completely, we have countertops that were all fabricated. So the desk before was, I think, granite and stone, and what we did with this one is it's stone, but it's a beautiful white that is actually very similar white to the paint on the wall and to the LED lighting. And we chose white and gray in order to continue to brighten the space, but to also make it fun and make it, you know, more welcoming than that beige, brown dark brown kind of traditional,
0: traditional library. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I had no idea that I was going to feel like I was on an HGTV show today. (laughs) Like you really have put a lot of details into even the surfaces, the materials, like, you know, you don't think
1: about that. You don't. It was so much fun working with the architect and with the design team. Everything that was chosen from color, from carpet, from the furniture, from even materials used in the desks, all of that was done with great intentionality. So tell me about this
0: area here with all the computer stations.
1: So one of our most popular resources as a public library branch is our public PCs, our public computers. And so before, we had a lot of tall bookshelves where customers couldn't even really see where the public computer area was. And so with this renovation, we lowered the shelving so that you can see across the entire space. Mm. And then we moved seven of them to be against the wall. And then for the other 16, we decided on some really nice circular carols. And so they are all grouped by fours. And the thing that's really kind of special with these is that all of the desks in the study carrels groups four. They are all height adjustable, mm. and we wanted to do that so that we do have a dedicated ADA computer station. But with the height adjustable functionality, any of these desks can be lifted or lowered to be able to accommodate folks who are using assistive devices, um, maybe folks who are doing some, you know, in depth research who want to stand but still want to work. Um, mm. They're still able to do that um,
0: due to that height adjustable functionality. It seems like the theme here is access. You all have focused a lot on improving access to the library. Oh, most
1: definitely. Um, Again, talking with the architect, she and I really agreed and spoke to there are ADA compliant things that we have to do, but there are also other very thoughtful ways that we can increase access and accessibility for all of our customers, and interestingly enough, Stuart Tucker Lundy, who is a disability rights advocate, was on one of our community committees. He helped us pick our public art piece. Before we reopened, I had Stuart come in because he uses a wheelchair. I had him come in and we walked through the space to make sure that he was able to access every seat, every computer, Mm. every desk, that he could get in and out of the room so that he can get around the furniture in the
0: rooms And thankfully, he gave me the gold star. (laughs) He said everything was done very well. In addition to the brightness that has been brought into the space with the white paint is the photography. In the retail world, they call it the end caps. Yes. And there's this beautiful, striking black and white, oversized photography. Tell us about that idea.
1: Oh, my gosh. So the pictures are my favorite feature. Um, There was a suggestion of well, you know, we'll have this beautiful low shelving, but let's go ahead and do something to activate that space to not have it just be blank space. And so I said, oh, let's pull some images from our archives and digital collections Beyond the mural, once you were in this space before, there wasn't anything that spoke to Black history and culture, if you remember. Or which Uh, is
0: really the theme of this library. Yes. And
1: so we were like, yes, the mural is great. But once you pass that threshold, we didn't have anything back here that really spoke to that. And so I may have overdone it by (laughs) adding so many pictures, Um, but we really wanted to Number one have a tie-in to the museum that's on the third floor, and so you'll see a couple of these pictures repeated in the museum. The black and white pictures are very—it was—it was intentional to tie in to the black and white pictures in the museum. The subjects that we chose in all the pictures represent the history of Five Points of Black Denverites, Black Coloradans, and so um, we do have a list available of the different captions and information about the pictures. Everyone on my staff is required to know this information. (laughs) And so when you come to the desk, someone should be able to tell you a little something about any of the pictures, but all of them were chosen very intentionally. I also worked with our Western history and genealogy department. And so they would offer suggestions. And I think of the ones that we chose, I think they are all just incredible. Well, tell us about some of the images. Oh, sure. So, of course, we have Marie Greenwood, who was at a Denver Public Library read-aloud event. So, it's kind of like a double homage to her legacy. In and two. she is. And she was the first black tenure teacher for the Denver Public School System. Hmm. And then we have a little black girl taking a drink out of a fountain at the George Washington Carver Day Nursery, which was in Five Points. We have a picture of little black children sitting at a table at the Denver Orphans Home, which was the Orphans Home for black children, which was also located in Five Points. We have a picture of some tourists who are very, very smartly dressed.
0: Mm. Um,
1: black tourists. Very dapper. A, very <laughs> dapper. <laughs> in suits, suits and hats and yes. ties. And they're on donkeys and they are exploring the Balanced Rock Monument. Out, you know, and further out in Colorado, we have a little boy, a little black boy with his cap and
0: snaggle little boy, he is very so adorable.
1: adorable. <laughs> and he is holding his letter to Santa. That's one of our, our most popular pictures. We've used it before on different Blair Caldwell marketing things. And I remembered that picture. I'm like, he has to be somewhere. In that here. smile. That smile. Oh my gosh, yes.
0: <laughs> what was the idea behind this new teen space?
1: So we wanted to start reaching out to a bit of a younger demographic folks to come in and learn about this history. We do do tons of school tours, school visits, and things like that. But we wanted a space or spaces where, you know, teens and younger kids could come and not just have to learn about the history. Of course, that's kind of a byproduct of the visit. But we wanted them to have their own space to just, again, commune to just sit and be around each other, game. Um, we have a ring light in there where they can take really cute selfies, or they could do <laughs> essential. essential these days. Absolutely. Um, and I I have to give props and kudos to my teen librarian, Juno Clean. She's one of our new staff members. Juno decorated and outfitted everything else in there. There's hygiene products um, that teens can use that they don't have to, you know, be embarrassed to ask for. We have those readily available. We have a bulletin board that will have information for teens that they can use. There's a monitor in there. We're about to get some gaming consoles
0: where they can game. So really, it's also, again, about creating connection at this library so that people can talk, they can interact. Yes, we definitely want that. And
1: even outside of the teen room proper, we have a teen seating space. We have signage that says seating for teens only. I bet um, they don't see that often. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. There's not a whole lot of places where teens can go and just sit and just chill. They don't have to be on a tour. They don't have to you know, necessarily come in and read, even though we want them to come in and read. <laughs> um, but which is why we put the teen seating area. It's very brightly colored with these um, orange chairs. They're low to the ground. So they're very lounge chair feel. Mm-hmm. But on the side of this space is the young adult collection of books. And so the ones that we have facing out are the books that are by Black authors or that feature Black characters. We have a picture of a teen Black boy. This was taken sometime in the 70s at a Denver Public Library location. And he is looking at different black book titles like *A Raisin in the Sun*, like *Kaleidoscope*, um, *Leaders of New Nations*, and he's holding the book *A Glorious Age in Africa*.
0: Hmm. And also see. In the windows of these new spaces, like the the teen space and the study rooms, there's also these larger, huge black and white photographs etched into the glass windows.
1: Yes. So each of those pictures actually designates a different space. And so outside of our teen space, we have the picture of John Moseley and other Tuskegee Airmen, which I really love like how we chose the opacity of the picture
0: mm. because the
1: teen space is painted yellow. It's mm. very bright. And I really like that you can see yeah. the yellow and gray through that picture.
0: Yes, it does shine through. I'm just noticing that. Thanks yes. for pointing that
1: out. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so we um, also did a picture from of three ladies from Camp Nizoni. Mm. And that was the camp where black girls could go and experience the outdoors. In Lincoln Hills. In Lincoln Hills, since the other YMCA programs were segregated.
0: And just to be clear for those who are not aware, and we did a whole show on this on Colorado Matters, Lincoln Hills, it was a resort for Mm African-Americans to, as you mentioned, have camp for their children, but also Mm -hmm. to escape and enjoy outdoor life. Yes.
1: Yes, Lincoln Hills was one of the only, you know, places where black folks could go to fully experience the outdoors in the mountains where they could camp, they can hike, they could fish, they could stay in cabins, they could Mm -hmm. own property up there and just escape from that everyday racism of when they would try to go to other places to do some of those same activities.
0: And it's interesting because that is so central to the Colorado experience. It's all about outdoors and being active and being at one with nature. So really, again, creating access for those. Absolutely. Most definitely. And
1: so we have a picture of three ladies who are in their riding gear. Mm. um, And that is outside of our new study room A, which was also Mm -hmm. a community request. Customers wanted a space that was not too big to fit 20 people, but not too small to only fit two. Mm. And so we did a happy medium of building a new space that accommodates 8 to 12 where folks can have those smaller meetings, those smaller training sessions. Mm-hmm. And we also host our drop-in hours for our community resource specialists who usually help a lot of our unhoused neighbors with different resources and connecting them. We thought it would be great to have, you know, such this iconic picture of these young ladies mm-hmm. to to reflect that new space.
0: Let's look at the kids area that you mentioned earlier. We see shelving of kids books And then there's carpeting. I'm imagining the story time is
1: gonna take place there. Yes, we designed the space in mind to have it be a very active programming space, but to also be a passive play space. We subscribe to the different ways that children explore. And we use the read, the write, the talk, the sing, the play, the laugh. And we try to make sure that this space reflected all of that all in one. We have low bookshelves that are spinning so that, you know, the kiddos and caregivers are able to just kind of spin around and see which books they want to check out. We also have these fun, I call them splash pads, but these fun little circles of color on the floor where we want kids to be able to touch them step on them because they you can move on Uh, like a a floor lava lamp oh (laughs) that's a good description yeah they're (laughs) they're very brightly colored and we do want kids and caregivers to interact with that tactility being mobile we we want to activate that Um, We tried to
0: do some calming colors, but still some that are kind of bright and fun. And I also noticed that the art theme continues over in the kids' corner with pictures of some more adorable little kids, black and white photos. So very appropriate
1: for this area. Absolutely. A lot of thought was put into this. I understood that there aren't a lot of places that are showcasing little black children just in the decor. And if I, you know wanted to stay true to the spirit of the Blair Caldwell African-American Research Library, we needed to have
0: African-American children on display in the children's area. Yeah, what's interesting is that these images are historic because of the time that the pictures were shot. But they really do speak to everyday life. Oh, most definitely. You have
1: children who are, you know, in front of each other, standing by a seesaw um, at a daycare. And then the one that I like the most is the one where the children, there's about 20 or 30 children all on the slide uh, <laughs> <laughs> where they're, they're just posing for a picture, you know, at an after school program. And it's like, yeah, we want to foster that idea and that spirit of play and fun and whimsy. And that's why those pictures were chosen.
0: So tell us about this uh, image in front of us right now. So
1: the image that we have in front of us on one of our study rooms is of the Rachel Knoll Resolution protests. First of all, we have Rachel Knoll's collection in our second floor archives, but I thought that we could talk more about her story. And, you know, folks tend to know kind of her general history, but I don't think people understood the tremendous opposition that was faced once, um, you know, she was, you know, placed in into office, and she was just trying to make so many changes. She really wanted more Black DPS teachers, and mm. thus came the No Resolution. She faced incredible opposition to that, and a lot of times we speak of the triumphs and we speak of the results, but we don't talk about the journey. And mm. so, by having this, you know, counter protest picture being so big and flanking our study room that was chosen on purpose. We are standing in the Colorado Black Chamber of Commerce and Urban Leadership Foundation boardroom. This room was changed just a little bit before we had the big brown boardroom, very much Fortune 500, big gigantic boardroom table in the middle One of the pieces of customer feedback we got was that table was very intimidating, too. (laughs) And it kind (laughs) of limited what you could do in the space. Mm. And so we did get rid of that table and we replaced it with modular furniture. And so it's a set of, I believe, two or six, seven tables that can be pulled apart but that can also still be configured to that boardroom style so that customers are able to configure the room however it is they want. And, of course, the pictures of the Colorado Black Chamber of Commerce members and the Urban Leadership Foundation fellows are still on the walls. Yes, framed, like almost a framed collage. And a new feature, I don't know if you noticed, is behind you we have the window window. So that wasn't there before. We were in a community meeting and a customer said, You know, when I have a meeting, we call it the small room. When I have a meeting in the small room, I never know which meeting is mine. So we decide, oh, let's put a window. So that way you can kind of gingerly walk by and peek
0: to see if that's the meeting you're supposed to be in. Mm. And also sometimes you want the appropriate moment to walk in. (laughs) And uh, you don't want to just be like someone's in some, you know, middle of an impassioned speech and you're walking in. So it gives you a chance to maybe you know, scope out the scene a little bit. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Well, I'm very excited to see the Lynx room because that is the room that most of the events that I attended previously had been held in. So this is the Lynx room, which is your larger meeting space.
1: Yes, this is our larger room that accommodates up to 90, and that's without tables and chairs. The biggest change is the addition of the whiteboards. A lot of times, you know, customers would say, well, thank you for the projector and the screen. They're just kind of big. And so with the whiteboards, now if customers wanted to project kind of smaller, um, they're able to do that on those whiteboards. Um, we just wanted to make sure that by brightening the wall space, brightening the shades, um, brightening the paint, that this space is brighter and a lot more inviting. We still have the Lynx history on the walls. And we, explain to those who don't know what Lynx is. So the Lynx is a historically African-American women's organization that focuses on philanthropy. They are very, very active in their communities um, as far as fundraising and offering others support. And we, you know, we try to make sure that we kept that history. We have um, the history portraits on the wall. We still have a curio case out in the hallway that portrays like different Lynx members abilia in Lynx history. And so again, being an institution that focuses on black history and culture, we definitely have to make sure we give that nod and that shout out to the Lynx for sure. I've
0: always been impressed at the size of this room. It's very large for a community meeting space and, uh, and it is accessible to the community to reserve. Yes. And this room, as you mentioned, always had windows, but by having this white paint, it actually seems bigger.
1: Yes, I just love how bright it is. It also has that new lighting system where customers can brighten or dim the lights as needed. Um, and of course, when you contrast that with the dark gray and black carpet, it just makes the space look even bigger and feel even bigger.
0: So we are stepping off the elevator to the second floor of the Blair Caldwell Library.
1: So our second floor features different cases that talk about individuals and organizations that have made contributions to the black community. You will see cases that feature the National Council of Negro Women. Um, You'll see cases for the different black sororities like Alpha Kappa Alpha and Delta Sigma Theta, Sigma Gamma Rho you'll see a case with Dr. Faye Risen, who was a philanthropist and still is also a longtime supporter. Coming soon, we'll have a case for the Sam Carey Bar Association, which is the Black Bar Association here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And there's just all kinds of different memorabilia that talks about the contributions of these different individuals and organizations.
0: It just kind of looks like just kind of the backstory of all these organizations that have shaped Colorado and continue to shape Colorado
1: oh definitely I think if I had to choose a favorite my favorite case up here um (laughs) is the case for the Colorado black nurses who have been just extremely very ardent supporters of Blair Caldwell and just the history when you talk to some of them to talk about some of the things that they've endured as black nurses um it's really really
0: incredible wow it's some really cool stuff I see Oh, a tribute to the black cowboys. Yes. The Bill Pickett Rodeo. And we a lot of people in the African American community will go to the MLK Day Rodeo at the stock show, which is huge here in Colorado. Yes. And one of the images that we have downstairs
1: is actually of the second Colorado Black Cowboy Rodeo Association. <laughs>
0: Okay, so now we are stepping off the elevator onto the third floor, and my understanding is there weren't many changes made up here on the third floor. Correct. We didn't
1: make a whole lot of changes to the third floor, which houses our Western Legacies Museum, and it also houses our
0: Cousins Gallery. We're standing under a sign that says exhibit entry. So tell us about this exhibit. Oh, sure.
1: So here on the third floor, we have the Western Legacies Museum, which talks about even the history of Black settlement in the Rocky Mountain West. There's different exhibits that talk about the Black Seminoles. It talks about the history and significance of the Welton Corridor and the Five Points Neighborhood. Um, it talks about how very self-contained and self-sustained we had to be, especially within the Five Points neighborhood, being the only area where Black Denverites could legally live. So we give a nod to that history. Then once you go around, you learn a bit more about different Black Coloradans, um, different famous folks who made you know significant contributions who were from Denver And then we round out the museum with, you know, our tribute to the incomparable, honorable Mayor Wellington Webb with a replica of his office. Mm. Talks about the presence of other
0: mayors and some of their contributions. It's really a wall of fame. You see Chauncey Billups, the former Denver Nugget. You see Mm. Judge Wiley Daniel, the first Mm -hmm. black federal judge here in the state of colorado which we have featured on colorado matters we have council members and really just a lot of leadership and those who kind of shaped denver and colorado history
1: yes and what a lot of folks don't know is that the portraits of the folks in this gallery in this foyer space are very specifically for black folks who were the first in their positions, so mm-hmm. we internally. Speaking of which,
0: I see uh, Terrence Carroll behind you. Yes, the first black speaker of the House. Absolutely, in so many ways the library has changed, but it has also stayed the same in many ways. So just some really exciting changes here. Absolutely. So yes, we can talk
1: about all the paint and the carpet and the furniture and the new spaces. We can talk about you know all those changes, but. The spirit and the mission and the vision of Blair Caldwell is the same. And that mission, which was, you know, formulated in 1999, which, you know, started with groundbreaking and, you know, a couple of years later and which kind of culminated with the opening in 2003. And now it's continuing mm. with this reopening and with this renovation in 2023 all those changes have happened over the past 20 years, but the spirit of what we do is still the same. You'll see new faces for staff, you'll see even some different programming directions, but our focus and our vision and our mission of highlighting the contributions of Black Denverites, of the history of Five Points, the history of Black Coloradans, and of Black contributions to the Rocky Mountain West will always remain the same.
0: So. What I love about working here on Colorado Matters and even just listening to the show on a regular basis is how much I learn about the state of Colorado. And what we're talking about today is no exception. Let's start with some fun facts. I read that the library's mission is to, quote, collect and preserve the history and culture of African-Americans in Colorado and throughout the Rocky Mountain West. Tell us about that mission and how you believe this renovation aligns with that.
1: I think that is a wonderful question. Um, The idea of our library was conceived in around 1999 by Denver's first black mayor, Wellington Webb, and his wife, the Honorable Wilma Webb, who served in the state legislature for, I believe it was 13 years. And they had traveled around, and once they got back to Denver, they wanted a place where the history of Five Points of Colorado and um, of the Rocky Mountain West as far as black contributions could all be in one concentrated place. And in conversation with them, they chuckle because they're like, yes, we wanted a library, but we also wanted a museum. And when they were conceiving, you know, the idea for Blair Caldwell, they really, really focused on the history component and the history aspect. And so, you know, they moved forward with that. Um, in conjunction with the city librarian at the time, who was Rick Ashton. And, you know, within a few years, ground broke. And then in April of 2003, our library opened.
0: To provide a sense of place, the Blair Caldwell African-American Research Library is considered to be the gateway to the Five Points community and the Welton Street Historic District. Yes. The building merges with Sunny Lawson Park via a plaza connecting the two. Why do you think it was... So important to have this library based in this historic community.
1: Well, we're going to talk about the history of Black contributions to Denver. You can't talk about that history without talking about Five Points. Five Points was the first official suburb of the city and county of Denver. Hmm. And it was the only place where Black Denverites could legally live. You know, when we tried to live in other areas of the city, we were forced out by some violent ways. And so if we're gonna talk about, you know, a, a library that specifically speaks to the black contributions and black accomplishments and black achievements of folks in this area, you can't leave out five points and five points is the ideal place and was the ideal place to have this kind of a library. Um, and when we talked with the webs about that, about how they conceived where to even put Blair Caldwell, they had incredible foresight. They said, you know, we really think that this neighborhood would change. And so it's really integral and it's imperative that we have this black focused institution in this historically black neighborhood and as the gateway, as the introduction to this historically black community.
0: You alluded to this earlier Former Mayor Wellington Webb, of course, Denver's first black mayor and his wife, First Lady Wilma Webb, proposed the name of the library, which combines the last names of Omar Blair, who was the first black president of the Denver School Board, and Elvin Caldwell, the first black city council member, and both were considered pillars in Denver's community.
1: Yes. And it was so fun. It was very interesting to find out in a conversation that we had with the Webs recently Uh, Mary Webb said, you know, when we proposed this idea, I wanted this library to be named after Wilma. And she chuckled, too. And we were like, really? We, We didn't know that. And he said, you know, Wilma's very modest. And she said, Let's think about some other people who, you know, made these contributions to this city and um, to this area. And so then they came up with using Omar Blair and Elvin Caldwell's names as the name of the library. But I think it, we still paid great homage to, you know, Mrs. Webb by our second floor research room being named after her, which we did that dedication and ceremony before we closed for renovation. It was 2022.
0: Of course, we're highlighting the library's significance in Colorado, but also nationally, it has been recognized as one of only five research libraries in the entire country attached to a major public library system that focuses on preserving Black history and culture through collection archives. Yes. And others include the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture in New York and the Auburn Avenue African American Research Library in Atlanta. What do you think it means for Colorado to be home to such an institution? I think
1: it should mean the world to Colorado to be home to this kind of institution. A lot of times the achievements and accomplishments of black folks of the Rocky Mountain West have been overlooked. A lot of these accomplishments have been intentionally buried. A lot of this history has been intentionally ignored. There have been a lot of things that, you know, black Coloradans have achieved that, you know, others have taken credit for. And so having this kind of institution where our mission is to highlight the truth of this history, it's very important. I think that it's really phenomenal that we are able to thrive, to have this kind of institution that focuses on black excellence in a part of the United States where people think that not a lot of black people live. And quite frankly, we don't. There's not a whole lot as far as the black population. But this history celebrates black folks, but it's not just for black folks. We want everyone to come to learn about this history. And we want this to be a place to consider, you know, continue being a place that focuses on black joy. But we want everyone to come and learn about these different accomplishments and achievements. Jamika, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate y'all
0: taking the time. That was Jamika Lewis, branch supervisor for the Blair Caldwell African-American Research Library, located in Denver's historic Five Points community. The library recently reopened after closing for more than a year to undergo a $2.8 million renovation that includes a new open floor plan, expanded hours, new teen spaces and study rooms, along with an upgrade to the community meeting rooms and a new, freshly curated African American history collection that can be checked out by patrons. This is Colorado Matters on CPR News and KRCC.